0: This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Reverend Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our text tonight is the epistle lesson just read, especially these words. They have conquered Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Thus far, our text. Dear friends in Christ, tonight's scripture lesson from the book of Revelation is complicated. In fact, the entire book of Revelation can get a little bit overwhelming, so we need a little bit of context first to understand it. First off, the book of Revelation, in its totality, is a book about the victory of Christ and his church over sin, death, and the power of the devil. It's a book of good news, not terror. It's a book written for our comfort, a book that pictures all of us in faith, in God's kingdom, worshiping Jesus. It's a book that pictures and constantly puts forward that Christ is eternally victorious over the eternally punished, loser, Satan. So when you read the book of Revelation, don't get all distracted by the scary pictures of suffering and struggle in this world. Look first and foremost at the victory of Jesus, the victory that tonight's text talks about. The second, before we get into it, part is this. Our text today sees war, war in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems a little bit odd to talk about, It feels weird to hear about war in heaven, and I think that's because we think of heaven merely as a place, a place that is perfect, a place where there's no sin, a place where there's no sorrow. We think of heaven as really, really good. But the truth is, that's a little bit of an oversimplification, Heaven is not merely a good place. It's not merely a perfect place. If we're down to brass tacks, the real definition of heaven is being in God's presence. And yes, being in God's presence is good, it is wonderful, it is awesome. But there is war that happens there. That's where we can finally get into the meat of our text. How can there be war in heaven? Well, the answer springs from the fall into sin. You see, once Adam and Eve, our first parents, fell into sin and all mankind fell with them, Satan began to do what his name says. The name Satan means accuser. And once sin entered the world, that's exactly what Satan did. He began to accuse sinful people in God's presence. He began to tell God all the bad stuff that all the people had ever done and why, as a result, they did not deserve heaven. We see that in the book of Job. Satan tells God that Job is not so great. And that if God would merely remove his blessing from Job's life, that Job, the sinner, would curse God. And it's not only Job that has been accused by Satan before God. Every single human being from the fall into sin until the ascension of Christ was accused before God by Satan. And the worst part of it is that when Satan was accusing before God he was telling the truth. It's the one time that Satan doesn't lie. Job was a sinner. Cain was a murderer. David was an adulterer. The high priest Aaron and the king Ahaz were idolaters. Adam and Eve were sinners. It's true. Satan brings sins up in God's presence. For one reason and one reason alone. Satan knows God is just. Being just means this. You get what you deserve. If God is a just God, then God must punish sin. If God is just, he must punish sinners. And the punishment that sin deserves is death, eternal death, hell. So Satan accused as many people as possible to bring death and hell to as many people as possible. He constantly said, those people aren't worthy of you. And it was true. It's for that reason that there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against Satan and his fallen demons. And it seems like this should be kind of terrifying, right? But do you notice who began this battle? Who started this war? It was Michael who we remember tonight. The text says so. Michael and his angels fought against Satan and his demons, and Satan fought back. Michael and his angels fought for one purpose to cast Satan out of God's presence to put Satan and his demons out of heaven, to throw him and his wicked minions out of God's presence once and for all, and to do so justly, because everyone had gotten what they deserve. How could Michael do this by what authority could he cast satan out especially if satan's accusations are true won't that make god unjust won't it then unravel the fabric of who god is Could God just overlook sins because Michael and his angels were more powerful? No. That's not what happens at all. You see, the timing of this war is important. Right before this, in the book of Revelation, the life of Jesus is depicted, born of a virgin, suffered under the attack of Satan, we know, on the cross, and then taken up into heaven when it looked like he had lost the ascension. It's because of what Christ has done that Michael is able to cast Satan out. Christ had died to atone for sins. On the cross, he got what everybody deserved, you and me included. He died for sin. He rose to declare victory and peace to God's people, to bring them the very forgiveness of all of their sins, he ascended to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. You say those words every week. And what does Jesus do at God's right hand? When an accusation is brought, Jesus speaks. That's a sin. I died for. That's a sin I paid the penalty for. That sinner is worthy because of me. Satan's accusations no longer carry any weight before God. And not only does Jesus intercede for you, not only is he the lawyer who defends you in God's court, he also kicks Satan out from God's presence. Saint Michael and the angels drive them from before God. And thereby, Satan no longer accuses you before God. And even if he did, his accusations are made false by the blood of Jesus. They can no longer come to his ears. And that is good news. For you. For you specifically. You follow in the footsteps of the people who came before you. You fell into sin when Adam and Eve fell into sin. You've sinned the same way that David did, the adulterer. You sinned the same way that Cain did, the murderer. You sin the same way that Aaron and Ahaz did, the idolaters. You've been chief of all sinners by what you have done and by what you have left undone. You're guilty. That is true. Guilty as a sinner. And if that was all that was said about you, you would deserve hell and damnation. And the truth is that Satan would like nothing more than to prosecute your case in God's court. He'd like nothing more than for you to be in hell. That's something he can't do. He, Satan, lost the battle. He, Satan, has been cast out of heaven. His words against you and against your sin will never ever reach God's ear. Instead... Our text says this for you. Read it along. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For you have conquered Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of Christ's testimony. Therefore rejoice, O Christians. Christ has won. Satan has lost. Michael has cast him down. Victory is yours. Victory in Jesus. There's one more thing our text says. Did you catch it at the end of the epistle? It says this Woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows his time is short. That's right. Satan has been cast out of heaven like lightning. Satan is no longer in God's presence, but now he's working here on earth. And his game isn't any different. Satan is not that creative. He wants to prosecute the case of your sin. Since God's ears are closed by Christ's blood, He brings the case about your sin to your very own ears. And you've heard what he says. It sounds like this. God could never forgive you. What you've done is too terrible, too wicked. Satan constantly says this to you to cloud your ears from the words that bring Christ's victory. Or maybe he says this that thing that you're doing, it's not a real sin. After all, everybody else does it. Join the club. You only live once. Have fun. Enjoy it forget about it don't worry or maybe he says this you don't need to repent god has bigger fish to fry than little old you everything will be fine with these lies and in these things You are hearing lies. Satan seeks to replace the words of Christ's victory with his own deception so that you might fall. The time is short. Satan is working hard. He wants to drag you away from God's mercy and grace. He wants to remove from your eyes and ears the work of Jesus, crucified and risen for you. He wants you to listen to his lies rather than to God's promises. He wants you to hear his word, not God's word. So hear God's word again, dear Christian. You have conquered. How? By the blood of the lamb. By Jesus Christ. Satan has lost. While he may speak to your ears here on earth, he cannot accuse you before God. For Christ sits at God's right hand. He intercedes for you with groanings too deep for words. When Satan brings a lie to your ear, do you know what Jesus says? He speaks a word to you as well. You are my child. I bled for you, I died for your sin, I washed you in baptismal waters. I adopted you into my family. I call you brother or sister. I purchased and won you with my holy precious blood and innocent suffering and death. You belong to me. And no one can snatch you out of my hand. Jesus speaks to you and says, Take and eat my body and blood for your forgiveness, life, and salvation. Jesus speaks to you, and his word brings you exactly what it promises his victory, his forgiveness. Jesus keeps on sending his word into your ears right here, right now. He keeps on bringing the Holy Word of God to you so that the Holy Spirit can bring you into the church. He keeps sending His Word to you to drown out the lies and deception that Satan keeps on throwing around. Jesus sends His Word to you so that you constantly repent believe the gospel. Saint Michael and his angels cast Satan out of heaven. Satan is the biggest loser there has ever been. He had it all and he cast it away in pride. He's lost all authority. But Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. And so, you belong to God because your sin is forgiven. Or as Revelation says, your salvation has been won by the blood of the Lamb. That word is the truth. In the name of Jesus, Amen. This has been With Intrepid Hearts Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.